a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Are you just sick of attracting emotionally unavailable people in your life? And you might have some sexually charged tornado dates, as I call them, or relationships, or maybe there's ones that just seem kind of superficial or unfulfilled in the end, but for some reason, they're just not emotionally connected or intimate in the end. And the bigger question you might ask is how emotionally available are you? And I ask, I ask this question a lot of people, and sometimes they have to take a pause and really think about it. And sometimes you're thinking you're being available, but maybe there's something about you that's a little bit guarded or slow to warm up. And by the time you open up, that's when those people are nowhere for you. So being vulnerable and knowing how to express your feelings, even when you first meet someone on a date, is so important in order to create that authentic and emotional connection. But if you are slow to warm up or somewhat guarded and you put more emphasis on the other person, or maybe you're just like fact-driven in your conversations just to keep things safe, then you may end up in this continuing cycle of attracting emotionally unavailable or disconnected relationships. And really what we're talking about here is EQ, emotional intelligence to enhance and transform your dating life. Now, here's something interesting. Research has shown that emotionally intelligent people have healthier, quality, happier relationships, more opportunities in their career, and often feel more content in their life. And that includes the romantic life. They know their own feelings, they're able to manage them, as well as being able to deal effectively with other people's emotions. Now, that's not to say you you might not be an emotionally intelligent person, but maybe it takes a while for you to open up. So a lot of times it's pacing. And this, this can be a huge advantage when you're dating out there in all aspects And learning how to improve emotional intelligence means getting in touch with your most genuine emotions. And it's learning how to, you know, how you perceive your emotions, understanding your emotions, managing them successfully, all of those things that you hear about. And here's the good news. The good news is that EQ is a learned skill and it can be taught at any age. I always joke with my clients who tend to be high achievers. It's like, I can't teach IQ. You got that going on. But but EQ can be taught at any age, any time, and it can improve your dating life. Um, if you haven't heard, I do these dating retreats twice a year. I actually have one coming up. So any of you listening, definitely get in touch with me. And the last one that I did, I taught a whole class in emotional intelligence, and I had them practice with each other to be more vulnerable in different dating scenarios with one another. And this one guy in the program, he never learned to express his feelings and instead would pour all his attention onto the women. And his confidence, in fact, was how he would care and provide for them. And therefore, he found himself attracting a lot of takers and superficial encounters and never really experienced a deep emotional and reciprocal connection. And growing up, he was the caretaker in the family, for sure. And he actually was bullied a lot. 
So he kind of kept a lot in and never like learned or was even allowed to express his feelings. And after practicing learning how to be more vulnerable and express and manage his feelings within the safe kind of supportive community and the retreat with the group and feeling more confident with his inner core, his self-awareness soared, his outer image. He also like felt sexy. Like we worked on it all from all angles. And I'm happy to say he is now dating someone who he finally feels comfortable communicating with. And it's definitely more reciprocal than any kind of relationship he had before. Now, being self-aware means knowing your emotions and being able to notice your true feelings. And that can get tough sometimes, especially when you're used to like paying attention more to other people. With me today is a very special friend and a cohort who is going to help me talk about EQ and how to use it to improve all aspects of your life. She is a founder and CEO of Rise Up For You, number one best-selling author and motivational speaker. She's been featured on hundreds of podcasts and radio shows, as well as featured motivational and educational speaker on platforms such as TEDx Talks, The World and Leadership Diversity Conference, in addition to a lot of others like HR and executive conferences. She has spoken on platforms alongside people like Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Marie Forleo, David Meltzer, and so much more. Most recently, she can be seen and heard on Canada's Global TV, Radio Canada, Amazon Prime TV, and this is so cool. She recently has been seen in Times Square on the billboard in Times Square. It's so awesome. I'm so proud of her. Welcome, Ned Elena. Hello, hello. Are you there? I'm there. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. And I'm just excited to talk with you, my dear friend. I know you too. It's like just girlfriend talk. And I I mean, we, I was on your podcast and we were like recalling you had been on my podcast way, way back in the beginning. Yeah. I can't believe that. That's almost like six years ago. It's crazy to think about. And both of us, yeah, like there's, there's been so much that has happened since then, but, um, I would just love for you to share more about your story, like how you got here. And also, because you have been doing some different things too, since I've known you. Yeah. And uh, first of all, just say a huge shout out to you and thank you to you because you were episode, I want to say like number seven out of almost 500 that we've done. Are you serious? Yeah. You were like, when I was just starting the company Rise Up For You like five and a half, six years ago. Um, I was just starting and you said you would want, you were one of those people that said yes to me. And sometimes when you're just starting, you know, there's people that are like, call me when you're bigger or, you know, text me when you whatever reached a million, so whatever. And you were like, sure. And you know, how amazing is it that we've kept our relationship since then and that we've grown so much, but yeah, like funny enough, six years ago, Uh, I didn't run a business. I didn't know anything about coaching and training and Rise Up For You, the company that I own today didn't exist. I didn't even know who Tony Robbins was. (laughs) was Are you serious? I'm so serious. And, you know, six years ago, I was an executive of an education corporation. And, you know, I, you know, had all the fun stuff, the house on the lake, luxury car, all that fun stuff. And then I moved out of the country. I moved out of the country for love. And unfortunately, after four weeks, um, it all just kind of came crashing down and I lost everything in four weeks. And I got back on a plane to California and all I had was a hundred bucks. I had a hundred dollars, no house, no car, no job, nothing, no savings. I really had to start over. And I remember uh, on the airplane coming back because I moved out of the country 
or I should say maybe I had a vacation out of the country. I came back to California and on the airplane, my father had passed away a couple years before that. And he came to me on the airplane in my dream. And he said, everything you need is already inside of you. You just have to rise up for you. Mm, I just got chills. So I got back to California again, no car, no job, no nothing. And I'm like, what am, what am I going to, what am I going to do with my life? Where, where do I go from here? I don't have any money. I don't, you know, what do I do? And I was just thinking, rise up for you. Okay. I'm going to build rise up for you. Don't know what it is. Don't know what it's going to be. Uh, and at the time I started to learn about podcast and I listened to a guy named Jordan Harbinger, who, you know, right. right. Part of charm. And you were a guest. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm just starting my podcast. I don't really, you know, not, don't really have a business. I'm going to reach out to this lady named Kimberly. <laughs> so the first thing I did was build the podcast, right. To educate, to empower, um, and then a couple months later, unfortunately, my second parent, my mother was diagnosed with stage four cancer. I built Rise Up For You, my company out of a hospital. I took showers at the 24 hour fitness across the street and I would go back to the hospital, open up my laptop. You know, how do you build a website? Um, what can I do with my podcast? How do you build a business? What do people need? And I just started building. And eight months later, my mother passed away. By the time I was 31 years old, I lost both of my parents. And I had basically lost everything. I had a hundred bucks I had to start over. And I just really bet on and believe in me. And I started just continuing to build the company. And I think at that time I needed the company more than I realized, right? Like I thought I was educating, empowering, and serving people, but it was really doing the same thing for me. Um, and it's just been amazing ever since. And today the company is in over 50 countries and, you know, you read my bio with bestseller and, you know, doing Ted talks and we have clients all over the world and it's just been a really special and amazing journey and uh, it only gets better every day. So I'm very grateful. And my team and I are very grateful as well. I, you know, I've heard your story before and it's like, every time you say it, I, I hear something else. You know, as you, as you say it, and I cannot, I really, I truly can't believe what you've been through and where you are now. And it just shows you too, that sometimes, you know, adversity are gifts in disguise. And it's not until you're through it and you look back, you're like, that's what gave me strength. That's what drives me, you know, and I I feel like we're our own best teachers all the time. And, um, and with that, like with all the ups and downs that you went through, I'm curious because I know like you, you had focused on emotional intelligence before, but like confidence has always been like the through line. And I know you and I share that. Yeah. Um, like how did, how did you deal with all the emotions and, and how did you get to focus on, on this part of your business? Well, it wasn't an easy journey. And honestly, I didn't, I've been doing emotional intelligence and confidence for a long time, but I didn't know the languaging around it. I didn't realize yeah. I doing it. So before I built the business, when, you know, when I was an executive, I was, um, executive of an education corporation. And I saw with the professionals that were coming in PhDs, master's degrees, all the technical skills that you, you mentioned earlier, they had all that, 
but still they didn't feel happy. They were sabotaging their success. They struggled with communication. They weren't able to lead their team. And in the community, the talk, the culture of the company wasn't amazing. It was toxic. All the big challenges that were happening and me seeing this as an executive were all related to like human aspects, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like this person doesn't know how to do their job or they're not educated enough to do A, B, C, and D. It was always a human thing. And at the same time, simultaneously, I was um, a professor in the evening at a community college working with youth, freshmen, college freshmen and college sophomores. And I saw the same thing happening. I'm like, okay, we have these professionals that have all these amazing degrees that are really struggling, you know, just with the, the human aspects, you know, emotional regulation, stress management, communication, leadership, confidence. And then I have these college freshmen that can't even stand up in class and say their name. Mm. You know, because they're scared or they won't raise their hand and ask a question. They would rather get an F in the class than raise their hand and ask a question because they were scared that people were going to make fun of them or that they weren't going to be liked. And so there was a, a real like human thing happening, not only in the professional space, but also amongst the youth. So it's always been a passion of mine. And I always promoted with my kids and with, you know, my team members, like you got to be confident, you got to believe in yourself. And then when I built Rise Up For You, I realized that the thing that helped me bounce back up was indeed emotional intelligence and confidence. And mm -hmm. I think that's when I had the epiphany that thought, oh, oh, this is it. This is the secret sauce to building a life that you're proud of and really building professional and personal success. It's building these skills because life is not a straight path. It's curvy, it's bumpy, it dips, it does all these things, which means that all your degrees, uh, you know, all the certificates, your job, all the money, all those things that you make, they can come crashing down, right? But if you have these skills, the emotional intelligence and the confidence and the growth mindset and the human aspects, you can counter that and you can always rebuild yourself and you can push, push through and like make life the most amazing thing. And I always say that life doesn't discriminate anybody. So like I have my story of pain and adversity, just like every single person listening does, just like you do, Kim. Mm -hmm. but, you, but the thing that's going to help us really make it through life and not just make it through life, but thrive through life. I'm like, I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive is understanding these emotional intelligence and these confidence skills that are going to help really catapult you to the next level and help you tap into your potential. I love it. And it, it is everything. I always say to people, it, it's not what you know, it's how you make someone feel when you're with someone. So whether it's an interview, a social event, a date, you know, and I think these skills are often overlooked and not placed as important, yet it is the most important skill in almost everything and in, in any kind of relationship. Um, I wondered too, like, did emotional intelligence come natural to you? Like, did you grow up with that? skill set or was that something you learned? That's you a great question. Yeah, I, it's a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. And I believe that everybody does have a little bit. So emotional intelligence is a lot more robust than individuals think, right? There's 18 like little categories that fall under emotional intelligence. So there were some areas of emotional intelligence that were really strong for me that I learned like as a child, confidence was one of them, right? Uh, motivation was another, like my whole life, even when I was a kid, my parents always taught my brothers and I to just go do it, take action. Like, don't worry about failing. So we were high achievers. We were highly like self-motivated. We never really needed anyone to tell us to do those things, right? 
So those were always something that we had, self-confidence. My parents always taught us to love ourselves, to love ourselves and do the best for us, not for anybody else, right? Just like if you're going to wake up in the morning, be the best for you. That's it. Not your teachers, not me, because one day I'm not going to be here. Just for you, be the best that you can be for you because you're the only constant thing in your life, right? Teachers go, lovers go, like eventually, you know, family members go, unfortunately. You're the only constant thing that's moving. So those aspects of emotional intelligence, yeah, I had. But then there's some other aspects of emotional intelligence like empathy. Ooh, (laughs) still working on it. No, because uh, I come from a family where you were from a third world country, you know, from Lebanon. My dad came here with $20 in his pocket and was really strict and like made amazing things out of nothing. So sometimes that empathy muscle for me when someone's like, I can't do that or blah, blah. And I'm like, what? What do you mean you can't? No, I don't understand. <laughs> so like that, right. I you, right? Like there's plenty of people that probably resonate with that. Oh my God, so many. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah. I realize that like, oh, empathy is a competency and emotional intelligence that like needs some work for me that I that I have to really work on. Uh, I also come from a culture, Middle Eastern, we're very passionate and we're excited. Mm-hmm. So emotional regulation, I'm like, well, maybe like we just need to chill out here a little bit. Like we don't need to be, <laughs> you know, so like in your face at this moment. So there were some things that, you know, were taught to me at a young age that helped me thrive. And then there were other things as I got older that I'm like, I need to use my emotional intelligence and find more balance in like emotion, you know, being really outward emotion and empathy. And so it was a little bit of, and everybody has it, right? Yeah. And the key for emotional intelligence is understanding which areas are you thriving in and then leverage and use them. And what are the areas that are opportunities for growth that we can also grow to help support your next levels of success and growth? I so loved that you dissected the different parts of emotional intelligence, because I think people just think of it as one just big, ginormous, you know, thing. And you're right. Like, there's different things that are maybe more challenging within that than others. And it was funny, as you were talking there was this client and she had the similar background to you and you know how the family system expressed love was through achieving. Yeah. And it's like, even the messages that you get growing up, what was emphasized like in her family system is like, well, you deal with emotions by plowing through it, pushing through it and overcoming it. And, and it's not that it, that was a bad thing. It just, that's how it was expressed. That's how emotions were, were dealt with, which was different than like what I was trying to also teach her with in ways of communication with men is just allowing, it's, it's not about fixing it or achieving something. It's about simply being in the emotion and yeah. expressing it and then allowing that person to care for you, ask you questions about it. And, you know, if you don't learn that language and and I really do look at it as a language, well, how are you supposed to know? Like, it just wasn't something that you grew up in, in the household. It's like me telling you just speak German, just do it. It's like, well, I didn't grow up that way. So that's what I love about EQ too, is that really it's, it's a language to be learned and it can be so powerful. 
You're right about the language piece too, because you know one of the major parts about emotional and social intelligence is understanding how to influence with your language, right? Ah, and so yeah. using more, um, which sounds very elementary, but it's actually very challenging, using more I statements. So in this moment, I felt hurt. I felt unseen. I didn't feel good. And I would love to make that shift, right? Versus in this moment, like you made me feel like I wasn't heard, I wasn't seen. And when you do, like, it's a very different dynamic that happens, not only romantically in relationships, but also in the workplace. And so when we can learn how to, how to speak that EQ language, not only do we express ourselves effectively, but then also we put the, the other person in a position where they can receive and really listen without feeling attacked. And then if they don't feel attacked, now we have more leverage to influence because they can hear us clearly. Huge. And that teaches the empathy part, because how is someone supposed to know how you truly feel if, yeah. if you're not owning that feeling? And like then the receivers, oh, I didn't know you felt that way. Even the word too, and I, I hear this a lot. And so there's you messages and there's also it, yep. like it makes me happy. Well, how does that relate to you? Like, yep. what is it like? And that's another way of distancing. So there's, there's such small nuances to this, but also really cool. If you know that there's just these little tweaks you can make in the way that your language is huge. So yeah. like, how do you teach EQ? Like in, in the ways of like, uh, you know, what you do with people? Yeah. Great question. So the first step is just like the knowledge phase, you know, it's understanding just the basic and the bones of emotional intelligence. So again, what are the 18 categories that fall under it, under it so that people are just aware and understand, oh, this is what emotional intelligence. I made a post today on LinkedIn about emotional intelligence that was like, emotional intelligence isn't about you being like all woohoo, like emotional feelings oh, in your or TMI. <laughs> That's the other yeah. thing. Like I'm yeah. supposed to just like say all about my family problems on yes. the first day. I'm like, I'm like no. <laughs> just like really expressing and teaching here's what emotional intelligence is just like on a content level right on a, on a knowledge uh learning level and so many people are shocked when they realize what what in, it encompasses right like diversity equity and inclusion falls under emotional intelligence mm. leadership coaching mentoring communication falls under emotional intelligence stress management well-being falls under emotional intelligence like all these things fall under it so the first step is just let's just teach it Okay. The second step is actually self-awareness, is building self-assessment, taking accurate self-assessment. So what that means is figuring out where your blind spots are. So something that we do as an organization that we think is really important is we assess everybody on emotional intelligence, right? So we do a self-assessment on the different competencies. And then we have their peers or their family members take the same assessment on them so that we can see where their blind spots are. So for example, we work with executives and professionals from around the world. And like, I have one executive right now that gives themselves like all nines and tens. Like I'm a nine in empathy. I'm a 10 in coaching. I'm a 10 in leadership. <laughs> and they love me, so they're not going to be mad that I said this. Yeah. And then we got the results back from the team and it was like five four and a half, six, wow. right? Some areas were right in alignment where I'm like, awesome, you you guys scored the same. That means that your assessment of yourself is on par here. But when it comes to your empathy and your leadership, there's 
the way you see yourself is not the way your team sees you. Now, the reason why that's the second step is because that's where we can now understand which areas of emotional intelligence we need to focus on. So then that third step is now the experiential learning. So now it's the learning that is actually in experiences, coaching scenarios, live situations that you're going to come upon, right? Whether it's in the workplace or in your relationships, so that you can practice through experience and emotional regulation so that when it happens, you like you've already practiced with that muscle, right? So think about like when you're preparing for a triathlon, right? It's like you're going through experience, you're preparing. So then when you run the triathlon, you're like, yep, I've done this. I've been there. It's the same thing in the experiential phase of emotional intelligence. We do, you know, role-playing, coaching scenarios, putting you in experiences so that when you have that experience in real time, you're like, yep, I've been here. I've practiced it. I've worked through it. And now I can actually implement it in real time. I love that. And I can see how this process would even help in dating too, as you're describing it. You know, it it is interesting. I think people never see themselves as other people do. And and sometimes it's worse and sometimes it's better. I see it both ways, you know, and yeah. it's so important to get that feedback. That's like at the retreat, I, I do these um, exercises where they have to write on people's back how they come across and like these different areas. Ooh. And it's, <laughs> it's so interesting. But, you know, here's what I find in this, even more so in relating to dating. People always see themselves, at least what I see, worse than how other people do. Interesting. Yeah. And there's this effect called halo effect, which is exactly that, that we, we like the spotlight, like we think everything is spotlighted on us and that it's, it, it's bad, but most people see us as better. Yeah. Than, than that. Now this other person you're talking to, like, and it's also a different context, but sure. it, it can be both ways. And unless you get data, from other people. I think that's so useful. I love that you do that. But that's yeah. awesome. And it's interesting that you say, you know, the different environments because emo- that's the um, beautiful thing about emotional intelligence is it's not limited to your professional life and it's not limited to your personal life. Like it's encompassing. So you might find that you have really great emotional regulation in your profession, like in your career. But then you might find that your emotional regulation is not so great when it comes to your spouse or when it comes to your dating partner, when it comes to your siblings. And so then you can now this is where that assessment comes in of like, why do I get more triggered and lose my emotional regulation in this environment? What are the beliefs that are behind that that are driving the behaviors? Right. And this is where we can get really, really clear. So you're absolutely. And that's what I love about EQ. It's that it's your life. It's not just like, you know, crushing your sales calls and being more confident so that you can get the job. It's also about like understanding how to express yourself so that you have a healthy relationship, learning how to coach yourself so that you can coach others. Like it's all encompassing. That is awesome. Yeah. And and it's so true because we all have triggers and most of our triggers have to do with experiences we've had in the past. And if there's an environment that simulates something that was bad, we people might clam up you know, yep. and then, then they're not as open. Are there certain tools like within, like say when you're in the practicing mode that you teach people that could even like people could try on the podcast? Yeah, there's a ton. Um, so the first, let's talk about confidence. Let's give a strategy on confidence. Because oh yeah. We, uh, so confidence is under the first pillar of emotional intelligence. 
So there's four pillars, mm -hmm. self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and then relationship management. And then under those four pillars are, are those 18 categories that I was mentioning earlier. Confidence falls under that first pillar, self-awareness. There's three competencies that fall under self-awareness. So emotional understanding is the first one. So I understand my emotion beyond the basic seven. So instead of saying, I feel angry or I feel mad, being able to say, I feel upset because I felt unheard and unseen in the meeting and it made me feel like I didn't exist. See how much more clear that is? Oh, good. Yes. Because when you just say, I'm angry, what's the next question somebody asked? Why are you angry? Right. Right. So then you got to yeah. dig a little bit deeper. So emotional awareness is the first one. The second competency is accurate self-assessment, which we talked about mm -hmm. the way that you see yourself. Do other people see you the same way? And then that third competency under self-awareness is self-confidence. And I always say that self-confidence is such a huge component of emotional intelligence because your beliefs drive your behaviors. So when we get triggered by something, it's because there's some kind of old belief or some kind of old programming that we felt that's attached to a feeling that doesn't make us feel good, that then causes the reaction or the behavior that comes outward. And sometimes behaviors are really aggressive. And sometimes behaviors can be, I'm not going to raise my hand in a meeting because I don't want people to think I'm done. See, it could, it could be either side, right? So yeah. one strategy and one thing that we do with emotional intelligence for the confidence competency in particular, and we have strategies for like every single little area, is what I call the four Bs. So the four Bs to believing and betting in you so that you can shift your behaviors. So the first B is what are the beliefs that you have that are limiting you? And we have that, like we all have a lot, including me, right? Every single person does. So jotting down some of those beliefs, right? So uh, one of the newest beliefs that I heard from one of my clients is, I don't believe I'm a great leader because I have an accent and I'm not from this country. I don't think they respect me. You mm -hmm. see, that's a belief. And I asked, did someone say that to you? No, but I just feel it. I'm like, mm. Okay, let's break this down, right? That's her script. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So that was the belief that's getting in their way of their leadership, right? Because they think that every time they walk into a meeting, that people are like talking about her, or judging her because she has an accent and she's not from this country. Okay. So that's the first B. The second B is understanding the backstory. So where does this belief come from? So I always say that our beliefs, they come from a past experience, society, culture, something. And we got to figure out the root of it, like the root cause of how this belief got into our mind. Because there's so many of us that have this huge backpack full of rocks that were like put in the backpack for us. And now we have this huge backpack and we're like, oh my gosh, I can barely- So heavy. So heavy. <laughs> so yeah. we have to like understand the backstory so that we can like start to get rid of the rocks because we realize that that rock actually doesn't belong to us. And we have to get to a place where we can say, here you go, you can have your rock back, right? I'm going to throw the rock away. You know, so that's the second B is the backstory of the belief. The third B, which I think is so important, is understanding the behavior of the belief. So how is the belief causing you to behave? Is it causing you to be aggressive? Is it causing you not to be vulnerable and express yourself? Is it causing you not to raise your hand in a meeting? Is it causing you to you know, be unkind to certain people and to show up in a certain way? What is it doing to you behaviorally that's impacting your success? And then the fourth B is now how do we break it? So, and this is different for every single individual, right? Some people, when they go through that, 
and they realize where their belief comes from, they're like, wait a minute, are you telling me that this person still has power over me? Because when I go through the step, I realize that like, they still have power over me. No, no way. Not gonna. And then it breaks for them because they're like, I refuse to let this person continue to sabotage me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that fourth step is like, how do we now break the belief so that we can shift the behavior? And that's just like one strategy in regard to confidence that can help overall emotional intelligence. Oh my God. This is so, so good. I hope you listening are writing all of this down because these are complete like action steps that people can take just right now, even before they go on a date or like just a way of preparing. And it's like you were talking about before the mindset also, like, have you ever worked with people? Cause I get this a lot too, where, you know, high achievers, let's face it, yeah. are in their head a yep. lot, you know? And one of the things with emotional intelligence is it's not really about what's in your head and figuring it out. It's more about the body and what's going on inside and how to communicate that. Yep. So, I, I mean, I'm just on a very simple level. Are there any like scenarios where you've had some difficult people like that who are just like so unable to get in touch and like any hacks for them? Yeah. And part of it is they're not ready to combine the heart and the head, uh-huh. yeah. right? Because that's the emotional intelligence is like, combining them both together and then creating this toolbox of tools that you can use in any given moment. So it's not about um, changing you or being one way. It's about understanding that in this particular moment, I can see that I need to be a little bit more vulnerable because the person across from me needs it, right? Or in this particular moment, I don't need to be vulnerable because that's not their style and they're not going to connect with that. So emotional intelligence is about having all of those tools and realizing, you know, which one do I need to use in this current moment to create the best result for this situation and relationship, whether it's romantic, whether it's professional, whether it's with your kids, whatever it is. And that's because I, what I deal with is a lot of executives to tell you the truth that are like, I don't want to change and I don't need to change. This is who I am. Yeah. I I get that a lot too. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Who I am. (laughs) It's like, how is that working for you? (laughs) Right. And so, but again, using, using my emotional intelligence and being able to say, I don't want to change you because I can guarantee that you have at least one or two team members that loves the way you lead because that's how they were raised and it connects to them. Yeah. Right. And then you see that executive like, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, how about we just give you more tools? So the other team members that maybe aren't used to it, we can adjust for them. And they're like, okay, cool. All right. All right. So that's great. I <laughs> that's love me. that. That's me using my emotional intelligence to tap into their emotional intelligence, right? Because even for myself, I have team members that I'm like, okay, I need to be more empathetic. And they're like, please, can you just, I I don't need that. Can you just tell me what you need? And I'm like, perfect. Here, like, boom, here's what it is. And then I have other team members that are really, um, they're sensitive towards feedback. And so I have to be, I have to sit back a little bit and have to be more of an active listener and like really listen to their feelings and their body posture. And then I have to, I have to take out a tool that's not like normal for me, you know, Mm -hmm. but I have to go into my toolbox because I'm not equipped with it naturally and be like, okay, I'm going to go in my toolbox and I'm going to pull out that empathy tool and this empathy strategy, because it's not like normal for me, but I want to practice it with my emotional intelligence. And that's really what it's all about. 
This is what's really interesting about this conversation too, because again, this could be a whole other podcast is like how it relates to dating too. Cause I can hear some people like listening who are like, well, but then if I'm shifting who I am with the date that I have, then I'm not being my authentic self, you know? So, so sometimes it's hard to distinguish and understand that balancing act that people go through. And I think really what we're talking about is being present too. Cause sometimes, especially when you rule with your head, you're thinking of all the rules and you're thinking about more just in a linear way versus having the practice and tools, like you said, to be present with that person in the moment, check in with your feelings, check in with their feelings. And is this an authentic connection? So it's a little of both, but I want to distinguish that because this is where a lot of people get tripped up. And like, I know some people who I call shapeshifters, who they, they, they shapeshift into what others want of them. And that's another dynamic. And that's not really being their authentic self because they're not like saying their needs, what they want, that kind of thing. So hundred percent. It's, it's, it's a good conversation to, to think. Well, remember that emotional intelligence is four pillars. So it's self-awareness, self-management, social awareness and relationship management. So like, let's talk, let's talk about the dating situation. If that's happening, that means that the individual is only exercising the last two pillars, which is social awareness and relationship management. And they've let go of the emotional intelligence on the first two pillars, which is emotional awareness, confidence to express themselves. So like real emotional intelligence is able to like really put all of it together. Right. And that that's hard, of course. And that's why like there's so much practice that needs to go along with it. And the other important thing about emotional intelligence, actually one of the competencies of emotional intelligence is integrity and transparency. So understanding what your values are and what your non-negotiables are so that when you are in those moments, you already know, like, that's not a non-negotiable. I'm not going to try to play. I'm not going to try to mess with that. I'm not going to shape around that because that's not a non-negotiable, right? So like a non-negotiable for me is having a kind heart and speaking kindly. So if I'm on a date with somebody or talking to somebody and they make a ton of money and they're handsome and they're hot and they're all these things, but the languaging is unkind. Well, that's not a, that's a non-negotiable. That Like, that's it. Like for me, I'm like, you know, that's a non-negotiable because that's a value of mine. So I'm clear on what the next steps are going to be. Right. But if we don't have non-negotiables, then we're not going to know where we can compromise. Like, yeah, I can like, this is fine. I can shift towards this and where it's like, no, I'm not shifting here. I, Every time I talk to you, I'm reminded of why I love you so much. (laughs) We need like a 10-hour podcast. (laughs) Honestly, we should be doing more of this together. Anyway, I digress. Um, I'm just looking at the time like, where did it go? I know. Um, Any just parting words of wisdom? You gave so much, but just as we wrap up, you know, as we're thinking about just emotional intelligence and dating. I know this sounds really cliche, um, But if something is not working for you, whether it's dating, whether it's your job, whether it's you feeling stuck, you got to look within because that's where it's going to start. It's Mm. all it's all going to start there. Um, And it's all about ownership and understanding 
what's my role in what's happening in my life and what are the things that I can do to really make a positive shift so that I can build a life that I'm proud of. And it's going to start here. It's always going to start here and really doing that work on confidence, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. so that you can make a shift and a change out there. Mm, I love it. Where can everyone find you? Oh, thank you so much. So you can find me and the company at riseupforyou.com. And of course, you can check us out on social media, Rise Up For You. And you can also check me out personally at Netalina Nasserdine. Kim, I know you'll type my name in the notes. Oh, so yeah. It'll all be in the show notes. A long Middle Eastern name. <laughs> um, and then if you're okay, Kim, I'd love to give just a free gift on emotional intelligence oh, and confidence please. we talked about. Yeah. So you head over to riseupforyou.com. Instantly, when you get on the website, there's going to be a drop down for a free success master course. And it's all videos totally for free on confidence, emotional intelligence, building a life that you're proud of, even like your presence and how you show up totally free, plus a 60 page workbook for you to have completely. Ah, that's so valuable. And what a good like tool for people in dating. So I love that. So thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you are a people pleaser, or maybe you're a little guarded, or you have a hard time being vulnerable and are attracting lopsided relationships, I have two new upcoming opportunities for you. First. Join me for my next workshop, June 15th. It's co-ed. It's interactive. It's called Authentic Dating, Conquering Your Fears and Expressing Yourself. I have not done this one before. I'm super excited about it. You are going to learn how to overcome your dating fears, be more of a confident dater and experience more authentic connections on dates. This is not your typical workshop. Those of you who have been in my workshops know this. And you'll get a chance to be in an interactive VIP room with me. You'll leave the workshop inspired, confident, and ready to navigate the dating world with a fun, positive attitude. Just click the link to register, but hurry, these spots do go quick. Also, It's not too late. I do have another co-ed dating retreat program coming up here right now, and I do have a couple spots left, so I just wanted to announce it. It's called Dating Reimagine. It's in Southern California. So if you are interested, definitely contact me by going to askkimmy.com. Just alert me that you're interested, and we can see if it's a fit and if there is room. Again, I only have a few spots, so let's chat sooner than later. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.